It's Zotime. Welcome to the Zotime Show presented by HoopsandBrews.com. I will be your host for the day, Daniel Belts. And before we start off, I just want to give like a shout out to Hoops and Brews. They've been just pushing so much tremendous content with uh, covering Clippers games, uh, giving you guys this podcast each and every week, and just supporting this podcast as well. Um, they're the homies, and it's great to see their success just taken off, and it's cool as hell to see. Um, in the last interview that they had, they were able to interview Zubak, and that's the homie. That's Zupak. That's Zu Alcindor. That's that's the guy, and it was just cool watching uh, Tom or TPJ, as you guys know him, ask Zubak these questions, and it was that was just cool to see, like. If you would have told me last year when we first started this podcast together that the next year uh, TPJ and Pavi would be interviewing Doc on basically a monthly basis or asking questions to Pat Bev, Derek Rose, Zubak, Montrez Harrell, all these people questions, I would have said that's fantastic because they grew, but just how fast they've grown, all the... Um, what's it called? All the guests they have on their show with... Um, check marks next to the name with X amount of followers on Twitter and Instagram. It's cool as hell to see that they're able to get their platform this far ahead this early. And just shout out to them. Uh, hopefully one day I can say the same for this podcast when we have checkmark guests on the show as well. Hopefully next season, which will be the turnaround for the Lakers franchises as well, because good God, we've been a shit show for the past five, six years. I'm tired of this shit, but nothing much that we can do or change as fans about the direction of this team this season, the past five years. We can just hope and pray that um, we do sign someone this summer or we do trade for someone substantial this summer and not give up a lot. It's going to be it's going to be a crazy summer. We'll talk about more about that later in this episode. And again, before we start off on the actual show, this is the tribute to Nipsey Hussle, uh, who passed away last weekend. Um, I'm so glad that the Lakers did the right thing and not only honored him with an Instagram and a Twitter post, but they basically have honored, they played their music through uh, their first home game since his passing, like the entire night, like all you heard was Nipsey in the crowd. You heard um, them warm up, warm up to Nipsey. You saw our public address announcer give like a moment of silence for him as well. It's nice that um, they understood the impact that Nipsey had on the LA community. They understood the super fan that Nipsey Hussle was um, because he did go to a lot of Laker games. He basically was a Lakers fan legend. We saw this guy almost step up to fight, um, who was it, Travis Scott, I believe, was at the game, or something like that, and also stepped up to fight when Chris Paul Ingram got into that scuffle with Rondo, too. Um, you saw him basically have this impact on Jordan Clarkson, Kyle Kuzma. You saw the video from a couple years ago when he and Julius Randle had a shootout on the court, and I believe Julius won that, but it's just cool to see, like, Nipsey, like, a guy that a lot of us LA Laker fans like kind of like we connect with like we see 
what he's doing and it motivates us like he is la to the core he's a laker fan to the core he keeps it real he empowers those around him he was a very talented dude um victory lap look victory lap should have won the grammy um it's sad that he didn't but like that was probably if not the best album last year the second best and it's just nice to see everyone kind of like understanding the impact that he had in Los Angeles. Even the Clippers put out like a very good tribute to him as well. You saw the connection that he had with LeBron and like it's a saddening thing knowing one of our own passed away this early in his life in a tragic, just tragic situation. And hopefully the Lakers win number 17 next year for Nip. Um, which would be hella cool. I'm glad he got to see multiple Lakers championships in his lifetime. Um, and I'm glad he was able to put out Victory Lap before his passing because, again, that was such a great album. And, yes, it's just, I'm just so happy that the Lakers did the right thing. I was kind of nervous based off of how the season has gone and how much of a clusterfuck it's been that they weren't going to take the time to honor Nip the correct way, but they did. And again, bravo to them. And just again, shout out to Nipsey Hussle for the impact you've had on the community in LA, what you've started, what your family and foundations are going to continue impacting the community with. Um, your presence will always be felt in Staples, outside of Staples, and just in with this entire nation. Just thank you for the... Um, stuff that you started just beautiful stuff with uh tech for young kids stem for kids um all the businesses that you gave um ex-felons the um like you hired ex felt like you chose to hire ex felt like that's so underrated i believe in society because it is very hard if you're an ex-felon to get that and he embraced them with open arms helping them if they wanted to make the change he would help like that's just so dope to see and it wasn't talked about enough during his lifetime but now you're seeing all the stuff that he did and you're realizing this dude deserved everything while he was here on earth and yeah it's just a sad thing and yeah anyways let's get into the lakers kind of portion of this podcast at this point in the season, there's really not much to talk about basketball, like on the court related. Like we suck ass. We're at 35 and 44. We have three games left. We just lost to the Warriors last night. Um, and that was such a disinteresting game. We were down 37-12 in the first quarter. And I mean, we made it kind of close after that, but it was just, it was like watching like a one-star movie off of Netflix and like you're kind of like half-ass paying attention and the other time you're just on your phone either tweeting or playing games or talking to people. That's basically how yesterday's game was. I was so disinterested in the game that I really have no commentary about how he played. It's just I cannot wait until Rajon Rondo is off this team if that ever happens because, again, I do not have faith in this organization to make that not happen. Um, just an interesting fact from last night, Alex Caruso and Steph Curry took the same amount of shots. They both took 14 shots. And even with his new eyes, 
Steph couldn't outscore the legend that is Alex Caruso. Caruso had nine points. Steph had seven. Um, Steph had played. Steph played awful against LA this season. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know if it's anytime um, he plays a LeBron team, someone on his team has to overshadow him. I don't know if that played into a factor, or I don't know if like I don't know what the hell happened. Just Steph was awful against us. Um, sometimes because of great defense, and he just missed a lot of open shots. Um, but on a side note, the past two Warrior games I've watched, DeMarcus Cousins has looked as close to his former self that he probably can be this year. Um, it's still a wide gap between the player he was last year and this year, but he's looked pretty decent the past two games. He's getting up and down the floor with pace. It's not looking like he's dying out there. Um, he abused um, Jokic the game before us, and last night he was hitting the uh, shot from three pretty well. So it's cool to see, even though I know he gets a lot of hate and a lot of slack for joining the Warriors, it's cool to see a player come back from an Achilles injury and just play like that. And I'm just wondering what the Lakers have in store for this summer because Boogie is going to be a free agent, and who knows. Anyways, Laker talk. Braun is out for the rest of the season. It seems like Kuzma might be. He's missed the past couple, and it doesn't seem like it would make much sense for him to play a night against the Clippers or the next two games where I don't even know who we play. Um, I cannot believe there's only three games left in this disastrous season. There's going to be, what, from April to October, so give or take like six months without a actual NBA like regular season game for Lakers basketball. I thought we were going to get the playoffs this season. I thought wrong. Um, but yeah, Bron's out for the rest of the season. He's talking very, very confidently in himself with being able to recruit. So maybe he already has something like under wraps. It's kind of very similar to how Magic was talking last season about being able to get somebody. So... I don't know, maybe the, maybe they already know something. There have been a lot of waves about Kawhi this past week. Um, I would love to get Kawhi. There's also been some talk about Kevin Durant from uh, Scoot B on Twitter, who, I mean, I don't know if he's like as credible as people believe, but there's just a lot of, like, there's been a lot of rumors, and there will always be a lot of rumors about like the Los Angeles Lakers because we are how people get clicks. If you want clicks in your on your podcast, on your website, in your news droppings, just link anything about the Lakers, and it's going to get views, it's going to get hits, and that, it's kind of sad that that's what people do. Um, oh, let's get into this because this, this has been weighing on my mind for a lot. And again, look, I know the Lakers suck ass this season. I know it's going to be six straight years without making the playoffs. But some of you opposing fans have a little too much fun with this shit when your team, when your franchise hasn't won diddly shit. Like, it's very confusing. I see Raptor fans, this dude named Lior, um, who gets these jokes off about the Lakers not winning a playoff game since the second term of Obama, yet they won two championships during his first term, um, which is 
two more than your franchise ever happened to win. Your team has never played in June. So Raptor fans, you got too much dip on your chip if you're throwing shots at a franchise that has won basically what? If you're 20, you've seen the Lakers win five. If you're above 20, like 40, you've seen them win 10. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know if these jokes that you're trying to get off are the right jokes, especially when your franchise is known for two things. Losing to LeBron in the playoffs and getting 81 drop on his head. So I don't know if you guys have the right to speak. You guys don't have the right to speak. I'm just letting you know, like, it's funny to your boy. When LeBron owns you, it's called LeBronto for a reason. He joined the Lakers. Kobe dropped 81 on your head, and that's all people associate the Raptors with, is getting 81 dropped on its head, losing to LeBron, and I guess maybe losing Bosh, which... I mean, he didn't. I mean, it should hurt Raptor fans that Bosch left too because he went to go win two rings with the Heat. I mean, or you could say you guys also had Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter and just let that shit not happen. So it's really strange. Your entire existence of a franchise has been a joke, yet you think you can get jokes off about the greatest NBA franchise in the modern NBA? It's a little bit weird. Because if we do start with the modern NBA, it's basically the day Magic and Bird came into the league. The Lakers have 10 since then. The closest team to us has 6. So again, it's funny to your boy that you guys have this thing. Like, I, don't, I just don't get it. Like, same with Rocket fans. You guys only won two chips because Mike decided to go swing a bat. So it's funny to your boy. And you guys have this Harden and Kobe beef. Gee, we do not care about your regular season MVPs until you win four games in June. When you do that, talk to us. Until then, Steve Nash won two MVPs. Cool. That's, that's your boy Harden. With Mike D'Antoni's system, very comparable with their inflated offensive stats. So it's just funny to me. Like, So we hear Raptor fans. We hear Rocket fans. Um... There's a bunch of other poverty franchises that like to talk shit, like the Sixers, which they haven't won since a championship since the 80s. Um, we beat you guys in 2001. Um, again, play in June in your lifetime. Then you can at least have a conversation with us Laker fans. We've seen Kobe, Shaq, Powell lift up trophies in June. We've seen Phil win five, or five with L.A. So it's just very funny. And, I mean, I guess I'll throw some shots at the Bulls as well, even though you guys did win six in the 90s. What have you guys done since then? Like, I saw, I don't know who was it that was making fun of Lakers player development today, but, like, you guys haven't played in June since Mike left. Do something. Like, I was six when Mike won his last. And you guys couldn't have been much older. And, like, the enjoyment from... Those, like, those memories you guys probably have are from 21 years ago. I will kill, like, I'm not going to kill myself, but I will be very disappointed in the Lakers basketball if they go 21 years without playing a game in June, without lifting a trophy in June. Luckily, it's only been nine. So if I have to put up with 12 more years of this shit, Jesus Christ, man. Also, King fans, why do you open your mouth when you talk to the like why do you talk to laker fans like they posted some 
their king's Twitter posted something stupid from some dude on Netflix that I've never heard of. And it's like, you wouldn't even be a D-list celebrity. At all. You'd be like, you wouldn't even be, the Lakers wouldn't even acknowledge that you were at the game if you went to Staples Center. Yet you're like a king's super fan that they fucking put out to the world like, hey, we finally have one. We wouldn't even acknowledge you. We'd rather probably acknowledge someone from the OC or um, Laguna Beach from like 12 years ago off of MTV rather than put you on the fucking big screen. That's just levels to this shit. We are the most successful team in modern NBA history. We are that. We are the gold standard, and people still look up to the Lakers as the gold standard. We're oh, also Nick fans. Jesus Christ, if I go 40 years without winning a title, whoo, you guys are some loyal motherfuckers, but you guys need to shut up sometimes. Like, this is not the discussion. We are not the people you should be talking shit to. Talk shit to, like, the Kings, the Grizzlies, the Magic, the Raptors. Like, talk shit to those guys. We are not who you should be talking shit to. Like, the Knicks. Like, they... You guys have some basketball history. Like, it was way long ago, but you guys do have some. Like, that's something to be proud of, I guess. Your grandparents probably enjoyed that. But we are not your enemy, or nor should we, because, like, why would you talk to us? Also, Clipper fans, like, cool. You've been this more successful team in L.A. for, what, seven seasons? You have, what, no Western Conference Finals berths. You have zero NBA Finals berths. You have zero trophies. Like, relax with the shit. Only teams that can have a conversation with the Lakers. I mean, I'm not even going to put the Celtics in there, but I guess they do deserve that because of what they're, what the Celtics did in the 60s, I guess, helps them now. Which doesn't make any sense because, like, my grandparents were watching the NBA in the 60s and they weren't really watching basketball. Um, I don't really think that many people were watching basketball in the 60s. And the Celtics have won, what, 30 or one championship in 33 years? Kill me if that happens to the Lakers. I will be dead inside. So, also, we've won one more recently than you. So, I mean, I guess you can talk to us based off of things that happened when we still hadn't gone to the moon, but cool. Like, congrats on the titles in the 60s. So I'd throw them out. LeBron fans can at least have a conversation with Laker fans because you guys have three rings since. LA's won their last, but Kobe has five, LeBron has three, so that conversation dies down almost instantly. Warrior fans are about to three-peat. They're about to win four and five. Yes, they can talk to us because we are the last team to three-peat. They are the gold, or gold standard for what the NBA is right now. They have... A tremendous amount of talent that all fit well together, that can do multiple things on the basketball court. They are what everyone is trying to to be. Um, who else? Spurs can always have a conversation with us because they've won five in a span of when we've won five, so that kind of goes hand in hand. Bulls fans, I guess, if you're like old enough to vividly remember the Mike era. Um, but again, you guys haven't sniffed NBA basketball in June in 21 years, so that conversation probably dies down a little bit after that. Um, 
who else can talk shit to Laker fans? I don't know, and I'm not trying to be like this Laker exceptionalist with like how we carry ourselves, but like these jokes just I'm like, yeah, it's cool, you make the same joke every fucking day. Oh the Lakers <laughs> Lakers <laughs> Like we get it. Cool. But look at like our entire like history. And it's not like the Knicks. It's way more modern than that. It's at the beginning of this decade. So it's like, relax. What's your team done? Let me know what your team has done. Oh wait, nothing? Why is this discussion even being the oh? Because you guys get to play one series in April and we don't? Cool. Congrats on the participation trophy. I'll send the fucking congratulations card out next week. But it's just like, relax. Unless you're the Spurs, Warriors, a LeBron fan, old enough to remember Jordan. And I guess if you want to count the championships before he went to the moon in Boston, you that's it. That's a select few. No Rockets, no Mavericks. He has only, what, what one? You want a fucking... I've never seen a more, oh, Dirk won one. He's a goat. Like, cool. Dirk is a top 30 player of all time, but he's not in the goat conversation. You have to win multiple to be in the goat conversation. And to be considered as the greatest at your position, you at least have to win one championship. So those Harden fans, like, yeah, cut the shit. Um... Yes, this is my little rant about all the jokes I've been seeing on Twitter with how disastrous the Lakers season has been, but cool. Like, get those jokes off, off the most successful franchise in the modern NBA. That's funny. Ha ha. Let's look at your franchise. I guarantee there are way more jokes about your franchise and the idioticness that has transpired. Over, I'm 26. I've seen five championships. No, unless you're a Mav fan, you can't say that about your team. Maybe Bulls. I fuck. When are they? Was I alive for the '92? I I guess if you're a Bulls fan, I was I was in diapers when that shit happened. But yes. Anyways, enough of the high horse that I'm on with the Laker franchise and all those jokes. But just enough is enough. Like, come up with some new material because we get it gets old every single day. Kobe's not top ten. Lakers are a dumpster fire. Cool. Kobe is top 10. Lakers, yes, dumpster fire now, but like 2010 ain't that long ago. Some of your franchises have been around since the 80s, 90s, and they've got zero. Man, if the Lakers, if a nine-year drought for the Lakers is dumpster fire, then whoo, some of the other franchises better fucking like hide when the jokes start to come. Um, anyways, Bron's out for the season, Lonzo was seemingly becoming his own man, he fired Allen last, or what, two weeks ago, um, it seemed like he was posting some cryptic shit with Nike, um, we'll see where that goes, he just, uh, went his separate ways from his agent, now we're hearing news that LeVar is vetting agencies if they can get Lonzo, Jello, and Melo on the same team, and I call BS on that. I think Lonzo is just, he's not going to tell his dad, like, hey, kick rocks, but, like, I think the days of LeVar having this big input on Lonzo's basketball career is over. Like, I think Lonzo is going to become his own man. 
He's going to basically do what he wants to do. He seems very happy in LA. I don't think he wants to leave LA. I think he knows the dream of getting three, his three or his two brothers on the same team is that would always be cool. If I ever made it to the league, of course I would want my brothers on the team. Basically, how J.R. Smith got his brother on the Knicks. But like, that's just not going to happen in LA. And I think Alonzo realizes that, and I think Alonzo wants to be a part of the next team that wins a championship in LA. I think he wants to continue to play with Braun because that's his idol. So I just think this summer is going to be a very important summer for Lonzo Ball. Um, it's going to be, basically this summer will dictate if he is in LA the next 10 years or if he's traded by the deadline. He has to show improvements in all areas, his free throw, his ability to stay on the court, um, three-point shot, mid-range, Everything else is cool, like defense, IQ, passing. He's like just sharpen some of the weaknesses that he does have because he does have some free throws, three-point shot, uh, mid-range. He needs to be able to be more comfortable in the pick and roll with pulling up, passing, dribbling, all that shit. But again, he has like the intangibles. He knows how to play the game. It's just he needs to fine-tune his skill set. Also get stronger, stay on the court, and just kind of become a leader that this team needs. Because yes, LeBron can be the leader, all that he is, but you need more than one. Like with the Lakers, you had Kobe, you had Fisher, you had Powell. Like those are three kick-ass dudes. Like that I will always go to my grave and talk highly of. Um, we need more than one. We need more than Bron. We need someone to step up. Maybe that's someone we signed in the summer. Maybe that's Lonzo. Maybe that's Inger. Maybe that's Kuzma. We'll see. Um, it was funny that the Lakers won like three or four or four or five. Um, like last week, it was basically LeBron wanted to get his uh, season record above 500. And then he was like, hey, I'm out. <laughs> so it's just a lot of these things are funny. Um, it's just funny times in Los Angeles. Laker fans realize that. It's just, hey, we know it's funny. We know we're missing the playoffs. But if we see a joke franchise make that joke, we're like, hey, look in the mirror, dipshit. You still got a long ways before you even open the door to talk to us. Don't let it hit you on the way out. And that's that. That's basically what I was trying to get with my rant earlier. Also, you, some, there are some random people on Instagram that like will Instagram me like once every two days. You're not a real Lakers fan. Like... Don't try that shit. Like, I was in person for the 2010 parade. I went to, basically, the first NBA game I went to, like, professionally was 2003. It was one of Shaq and Kobe's last, like, years together. I'm glad I got to see them play a game. Um, what else? Like, I was heartbroken over the 08 finals. Um... The 04 finals, I was like 12. Like, it didn't grasp me, like, the full extent of that loss. Like, when I was um, 16 in 2008, like, I understood the impact of that championship that was lost. I understood the impact of the Celtics winning another. I understood the jokes, the takes after the Lakers lost to the Celtics. There, a lot of people were questioning, was Kobe ever going to get his ring without Shaq? Like, so for people to say you're not a true Lakers fan, like I went to Laker games during the tank era years. I went to 
a game in Sacramento in 20, what, 13 or 14 when this, basically the Kings played Ray McCollum and we played like Swaggy P and some randoms. We lost that game. It's like I, I have the groundwork. I have the framework as a lifelong Laker fan. Never wavered, even though for a lot of us Laker fans, it was dark times after... Uh, Kobe's case after Shaq left after the first round exits and when we got the first round exit and the uh, we believe Warriors won that series there were people want to say about the Laker bandwagons that are that left LA for Golden State like four years ago I would say a lot more happened during that time than uh, as of recent because I know a lot of my friends went from Laker fans to the We Believe Warrior fans. And that's what kind of birthed Warrior Nation. So when they say Warrior fans are bandwagon Laker fans, yes, like I agree. I agree that that's actually what happened. But it didn't happen in 2015. It happened in 2007. This is when the shits really happened. And I do not know if... I don't know that many people that actually like think about it. Like the Warriors became a brand basically again after the TMC era, I think in 2007 and a lot of Laker fans went to Golden State and stayed there ever since. And so a lot of Warrior fans, like you'll hear them speak what made them start liking the Warriors or watching basketball. It was that 07 year or the we believe year. And that is when a lot of Laker fans transferred. And don't ask me, just ask Warrior fans, hey, when did it start? And who were you watching NBA before? They might shy away and say, yes, I was watching the NBA, but I didn't have a favorite team. If they're from California, it was the Lakers. They went from LA to Golden State. But yes, I've, I'm going off a lot of tangents today. That's just because there really is nothing to talk about in Lakerland. Um, except for the fact that Zoe and Ingram and Kuzma are probably shut down for the rest of the year. I don't know about Kuzma. Uh, so was Josh Hart. Josh Hart finally had that surgery on his knee. That should have happened way sooner. But again, nothing right has gone in Los Angeles this season. Um, so yes, the four young guys that are going to help LeBron in this year's playoffs are all basically shut down. They're all hurt. They're all going to have a very important offseason. Like I said earlier, this offseason shapes the next 10 years in L.A., this offseason shapes whether we become the Bulls, where we don't win anything for 20 years, or we get right back to our winning title ways. Like It's basically half and half, because we're only going to have two or three seasons left of LeBron. So it's going to come down to who are, we, who are we able to sign, who are we able to trade for, the development of our young players, and LeBron's health. And if our front office fixes its ways instead of signing... The meme squad, they sign actual players that can contribute. Um, that would be a start. Um, but yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be a very interesting summer. There are going to be a lot of stories put out. There are going to be a lot of clickbait articles. A lot of There will be a lot of Laker fans fighting in-house. Like, it already happened today with Jimmy Butler, the idea of Jimmy Butler in LA. I, for one, 
like Jimmy Butler. I've, I've been a Jimmy Butler advocate for some time. I do think his pros outweigh his cons. Um, I think is a hell of a player. Offensively, he leaves somewhat to be desired of. He's really not a number one option, nor should he be. But he just plays the game when he's on the court the correct way. He's just always there with his intensity levels, his defensive levels, his just... It seems that he's very unselfish on the court, but when he's off the court, he has a problem with how things are happening on the court. It's, it's He's a very strange dude like to kind of think about, but if he's able to play with LeBron, if we bring in someone else, if I think we put the right players around him, like if you have LeBron... And who knows, like, I don't know, LeBron, Jimmy, like, and maybe Kemba is, I don't know. I'm wondering how many players we do get, who do we throw money at? Because if we do get Kemba and Jimmy, I don't think Lonzo's here next season, and that's going to be sad because I'm a huge Lonzo fan, Lonzo advocate, but, like, it's going to be a very interesting summer. There are so many ways that this summer can play out, and I'm tired of saying the summer. I'm tired of the Lakers tanking. That's why when they won three or four games in a row, like, I didn't mind it. Like, I don't care about the tank anymore. Like, yes, I understand the benefits of tanking and getting a better pick, but, like, cut the shit already. It's been X amount of years. Like, I'm tired. Like, I'm tired of... So my birthday always falls around the lottery date. I'm tired of the lottery date being something I watch the night before my birthday is. Like, I normally start birthday festivities... During the draft lottery, I get very hammered during it, and luckily, for the most part, the Lakers had tremendous luck in the draft lottery. They were able to keep the Lonzo pick, um, the Ingram pick, so that was cool. That was the um, ramifications of the Phoenix Suns trade, but yeah, like it's tired of that shit. Um, and also, like, I do want to talk about the former Lakers that are going to be getting playoff experience this year. Um, one for sure is going to get playoff experiences is Zubak. And I mean, even though he already has it, Lou will, they're going to make it with the Los Angeles Clippers. It's very cool to see Zubak, even though he hasn't been this statistically great player for the Clippers, like the record with him is insane. And the, their points when he's on the court versus when he's off the court is pretty crazy, too, for a guy that couldn't get minutes earlier in the season. And now he's going to be starting for a playoff team. Like, that's crazy. Um, Zubak was very... He's had a lot of things to say about the Lakers' like way of doing things, the Clippers' way of doing things, and like the contrast. And look, he's right. And he's not trying to be dickish. It's just he's saying how things happen and how things are. And we have a lot of things we need to fix. But I'm just happy for Zubak that he's going to hit free agency with this run underneath him. He'll be able to show a lot of people what he can do in the playoffs. And that's dope. Um, D'Angelo. I do not know if they're going to make the playoffs in the East. Right now the Nets are 39-40. and 40 And... Look, D'Angelo's been very good this season. This is, what, his fourth year. He's played his ass off during his contract year. Um, he's 
led. He's showing leadership qualities with the Nets. And, dude, they're a good story. But the way people talk about the Nets, the way people talk about D'Angelo, I can't believe they're only 39 and 40 in the East. Like, I, from the way people go at the Lakers for letting him go, which, I mean, rightfully so, we did trade him a bit too early. Especially if we didn't use the cap space last summer, and if we're not going to use it this summer. We did trade him too early. Like, it's... There have been a lot... There have been some positives in the Majinka era. Um, the trading of... I mean, I guess Clarkson and Nance for the first pick, even though... The pick hasn't been impactful. It did shed salary. It did get us a first-round pick. And it's not like Clarkson and Nance are winning a ton of games in Cleveland, but like that was a decent move. Um, their drafting has been great. Their handling of the draft players after has not been so great since the public trade talks were made aware with New Orleans, but there are some positives in the Majinka era. It's just... It can get all the way negative this summer if we do nothing with the cap space because then we trade a D'Lo for nothing just to get rid of Mozgov when, like, that was going to end anyway if we don't even use the cap space correctly. Um, and yeah, it's wild. And even though he's not getting postseason experience this year, it's cool to see Julius Randle get love because a lot of Laker fans knew this Last year wasn't a fluke for Julius, like statistically. This year he's basically done the same exact thing even better. He's even hitting the three at a much more consistent rate. He's taking more threes and making more threes, and it's just cool to see. Like, it's cool to see. Um, with D'Lo, we didn't all the way see everything with him. Like, we saw the talent, but we didn't see the leadership qualities. We didn't see the tangibles. With Julius, in his third year in L.A., actually, I mean, in his fourth year in L.A., like, we saw everything. We saw him close certain games out. We saw the um, not letting the not starting thing affect him earlier in the season when Luke Walton was starting Nance over him. Like, we saw Julius handle that. We saw him attack that. We saw him basically be our leader last season. And that's sad to see that it's not happening in L.A., but, like, we knew it was there, and he's continuing that. And hopefully he gets paid this summer. Hopefully both of those players get paid, even Zubak. And another player that is going to have a great postseason because he's going to play with the hopeful MVP and Giannis is Brooke Lopez. Like, when I say I envisioned a pass-first player passing it to Brooke Lopez for three, I thought for sure on July 1st, once LeBron signed, it was going to be LeBron passing it to Brooke Lopez for three. But no, we decided, <laughs> let's not do that. Let's sign JaVale and let's roll the dice. And instead, Brook Lopez has been very good for Milwaukee. He's exactly who Giannis needs around him. Giannis needs floor spacers around him until he can develop a consistent jump shot. And I know his numbers are up, but still, teams are going to sag off. And teams cannot sag off anymore on the 7-foot splash bro that it is. Brooke Lopez, he takes some ridiculously deep threes and they go in, and it's just crazy. And we definitely miss his spacing in Los Angeles. You can tell 
earlier in the season when the lanes were clogged, when Ingram was trying to drive, when Lonzo was trying to drive, it just seemed like all their shots got sent back, even when Kuzma was driving. All their shots got sent back when a lot of those spaces earlier last season, there was no center around the rim because JaVale can't shoot. So the big guy is just going to be in the paint. Last year, the big had to be out of the paint because you have to respect Brook Lopez shooting the three. And I don't think what... I think we underestimated the defensive impact that Brook Lopez has made or made last season because, yes, he's not the most athletically gifted player. He's not this insane lockdown defender, but he can defend very well. Um, he's going to get abused by Harden and all those guard-savvy players that can beat anyone one-on-one. But again, who's not going to get beat one-on-one except for like Rudy Gobert? Like The list of big guys that can guard those elite guards' wings are slim to none. So expecting Brooke to, to do that and say that's why we didn't bring him back last season, it's a little sad. And yes, he couldn't rebound, but like Brooke, box, Brooke boxes out. And that was one of Brooke's best qualities last season is he boxes out. He sticks to his man after a shot and allows someone else to get the rebounds. Kind of like a similar version of Steven Adams, but Steven Adams is a beast on the boards, even though he does box out for others as well. I just don't think we understood and appreciated Brooke in the ways that he needed to be appreciated. And this year he's flourishing. Um, D'Lo, Randall, Zubak, and Brooke are having great seasons elsewhere. Would have been cool to see them in L.A. doing the same, but again, we have one ops season to fix all this shit. And enough about this doom and gloom portion of the podcast. Let's talk about some of the joyous times. Um, let's look back at what, when healthy, this team was able to accomplish and kind of like show. And it starts with the Hornets game when both LeBron and Lonzo got the triple-double. That was what I thought was going to be the coming out party for the season. And it kind of was like, I believe we were close to 10 games over 500. And this led to the Christmas game in which the Lakers were able to beat the Warriors. Once LeBron left after half, um, like those were two back-to-back games in which I thought, Oh shit, like this team, like as long as, the entire roster doesn't fucking die, we'll be all right. And then the entire fucking roster died. Um, So again, it's cool to make jokes. It's cool to say, hey, the Lakers suck. But when everything was right, we look decent. We look like, hey, we're not, no one's beating the Warriors this year, but like we look like we can probably take any other team to a seven game series. Uh, we had beaten the Nuggets before that. We have we played the Rockets close each time. And then we finally beat the Rockets um, with Ingram and Braun playing very well. And then Lonzo and Ingram had the Lakers up by, what, 20 before Lonzo got hurt that game. And that was the last game of Lonzo's season this year. But, like, outside of the Warriors, a fully Laker team, a fully healthy Laker team, I didn't think that they should have been scared from anyone because, again, you still have LeBron James. So I just think, yes, jokes are so fun to get on, get off on Twitter. Like, I get it. I make a ton of jokes that are probably repetitive about the failures of other teams, but, like, those teams don't have 
postseason success in any era that I was alive in. So it's just fucking funny that they have so much to say, yada, yada, yada. I've already talked about that. But again, when healthy, this team looked like they could have done some damage in the playoffs. And hopefully we will see that next season. And then we had Christmas Day, which, man, I was, all Laker fans were so pumped. We took down the Warriors. We did not think that LeBron was going to be gone for a month, especially when he tweeted out, dodged a bullet after that one. So we thought, hey, he's only going to miss like a game or two, and then he'll be back, maybe like a week tops, and then that turned into a month. Um, we also had the Lonzo win versus OKC when that game was, that was a really mature Lonzo. That was UCLA Lonzo with poise. That was, this is my fucking team. I am going to lead this shit. I'm going to make up for fouling Westbrook on that three, which it was on the ground and the refs missed it, but I'm not letting us lose this game. I am going to make the correct plays. I'm going to make shots in overtime, and we're going to win this game. And when LeBron comes back, we're going to be fucking rolling. Um, it sucks injuries happen. It sucks that Ingram had the blood clot. It sucks that Josh Hart dealt with knee tendonitis. Even though I've been a very harsh critic of Rondo, it sucks that he was hurt like 50 games of this season. And... Rocket fans want to compare what the Rockets did with Harden without the rest of his players to the Lakers injuries, yet James Harden isn't going to miss more than 10 games a season. LeBron's going to miss like 30. So yes, why you try to compare, realize it's not really a comparison because of games missed. There are a ton more games missed in LA than in Houston for players that actually matter. And I don't think people like to use that much context when they have Twitter arguments because it's, using context is never that fun. And that's how you get jokes off about the Lakers when you don't use context because when you actually think about the shits, like, it's hard to bypass what we've done since you've been alive and then you still get those jokes off while your franchise is a joke, so yeah. We also had Kuzis 41 versus Detroit. This is the game in which I thought the Pistons were going to fall off a cliff after the season. Blake looked disinterested. They looked terrible, and Kuz dropped 41 on them. Yet the Pistons have gone on this run to make the playoffs. I think the 6 through 10 seeds in the East are fucking nuts. Um, and again, I'm a harsh critic on Rondo, but after that trade deadline shit show, Rondo hitting that shot against the Celtics was just awesome. Like I thought, you know what? Here these dumbasses go. This is what's going to spark their playoff. Wrong again. Wrong. Um, we had Zoe's three versus the Nuggets when he stepped back on uh, Hipster Twitter's favorite player in Jokic. Hit that three. Um, deed up. Um, Murray, full court. Uh, we had Josh also, not to mention Josh Hart, and that OKC win was doing everything on the court. He was hustling, diving on the ground. Um, and it was just looking like, even though he was not 100%, he was giving 100%, and he helped will this team to a victory. Then you also have Ingram posterizing Corey Brewer, and that was one of, like, Ingram's, like, like, hey, motherfuckers, like, I'm here. Like, yes, I know you guys want to trade for AD, but, like, I'm a guy. I can be the guy. I can be this great fucking player. Like, 
I know you, what you guys are trying to do, but like, don't forget about the talent that you do have in Los Angeles. So, yeah, this season has just been season has been draining. But like, there were some positives. Yes, there were negatives. But like, to a Laker fan, unless we become the Knicks, like you can't like say we're a failure or we're this. If we become the Knicks. I will say, yes, we are a failure. If we only win one title in 33 years, like the Celtics, I will say, yes, we have failed. But if a nine-year drought is what makes the Los Angeles Lakers a failure, then there are only, what, three teams in the NBA that aren't. And that's fucking wild to me because, yeah, that's just crazy. And again... This summer defines what the Lakers can and will be. Um, hell, the way Boogie's looked, I'm not even mad if... Obviously, I prefer other players, but like if he can become close to the player that he was, like I, I don't know. Like I don't have these red flags on a lot of these players. Like I... I'm a Lakers fan. I don't mind the shit show. I don't mind the drama that comes with players. Um, in in LA, as a Lakers fan, there's never not drama. Um, you click on NBA, one of the 10 headlines you're going to see on the right involves the Lakers. And that's every fucking day from January 1st to December 31st. It does not matter. There is going to be one or maybe two or maybe even three articles about a certain member of the Los Angeles Lakers on that right side. This happened before LeBron was here. This happened, and this will happen way after LeBron is here. Every single move is magnified by 100 if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. Every other franchise, you can get by with some mistakes. Like, that's, it's cool. Like, the Cavs drafting Anthony Bennett won. No one even cares. No one even talks about that. Um, the Knicks drafting Frank Ntikalina, who doesn't even play. No one talks about that. The um, Kings fucking up every fucking draft until the deer, buddy, well, not even the buddy, the deer and fox draft. No one talks about how they went like 10 straight years of fuck ups. But yet, in LA, you're not afforded that luxury. And I get it. There are different levels to what we expect from certain franchises. Yes, the Lakers win championships, the Kings don't. So I get the. Um, the level of criticism disparity with regards to each franchise. I understand why you're not killing Kings fans because they haven't won ever in Sacramento. Like, I get why you don't kill them because, like, you can't kill someone for something you don't expect them to do. So, like, if you don't expect the Kings to win a championship, like, let's not even, like, criticize them. They're just doing Sacramento Kings shit. So I get with the power, with the History comes expectations. We haven't lived up to those expectations as of late. And this summer is very, very, very important to us. It's important to LeBron James's timeline. It's important to Magic Johnson remaining in the front office timeline. It's very important to the D'Angelo Russell trade timeline. It's very important to the growth and development and future of Lonzo, Ingram, 
Kuzma and Hart. It's very important to either if we sign Kemba, Clay, Jimmy, KD, Kawhi, even if we sign none of those guys, if we sign Chris Middleton, if we sign somebody that can come in and help LeBron and the rest of this great young core, the timelines will be just implemented and just helps tremendously. This summer, we either get back to being the Lakers or we become the Knicks. Because you're going to have a much harder time trying to sign people next season when LeBron is another year older with a player option at the end of the 2020-21 season. So if you come the summer of 2020, LeBron might leave next season. So you might be the only star in L.A. And who knows if they're going to max out Ingram. Who knows what the hell is going to happen. So if... In my opinion, this is probably a lot of other people's opinions as well. If we don't fix it this summer, we are going to lose a lot of interest from our fan base. And like, I'm, I'm not breaking any ground news right here. You go on Twitter, you go on the fan boards. It's a lot of Laker fans are giving them until the summer. Like for me, with the criticism about the front office, I've been very harsh about them, but I'm giving them until July. You get until July 15th. You gotta make fucking miracles happen. And if you don't, we're going to crucify you. But if you fix this, if you make it right, we're going to praise you. And that is a tremendous amount of pressure on Magic, Polinka, even LeBron to recruit, to get the right people in LA, to get the people needed to make an impact on this team. This summer, we either get back to being the Lakers or we go back to the, or we start the transformation into becoming the New York Knicks. And how many Laker fans are going to be willing to stay? I know I am. I will never like another basketball team. The Lakers will always be my basketball franchises. But for the young fans like the 15 or 13 to like 18 year olds. Like I don't know if they stay Laker fans. I think they probably just say, you know what? Well, based on who the Clippers draft or get, they probably become Clipper fans. Or maybe they just finally say, fuck it. I'm going to go be a Curry fan. This summer shapes not only off on the court success, but off the court fans, probably financially as well. Um, and hell, if we don't get anybody, maybe the conversation starts. Is it in the Lakers' best interest to get LeBron to a team that can win? And there are going to be some tough conversations if come July 5th or 6th, the Lakers haven't signed anyone of note. If we roll out another fucking summer of JaVale, Lance, KCP, and Rondo... You are going to hear boos in October when the Lakers get to their season opener. Um, this is like I don't I don't think you could. What's it called? I don't think you can downplay the importance of June and July, and it definitely does start on draft night. If the Lakers are able to jump in the lottery to a top four, 
then that kind of starts this positive momentum going forward. But, like, just who knows? Like, this is going to be a exciting summer, and I'm going to be a lot more active this summer with podcasts and yada, yada, whatever than I was last summer. Like, this, last summer, I thought we were getting Paul George, so, like, I kind of, like, didn't need to investigate every cryptic thing that came on the internet but like this summer like it's it's due a time for los angeles this is the balls in our court we're down two with eight seconds to go are we going to miss our shot are we going to do okay enough to send it to overtime or are we going to hit a buzzer beater that leaves a lasting impression off of this summer, building for the future and building for the now, in which we can get LeBron another championship in his playing career, in which the Lakers can lift number 17 before the Celtics move to 18. Also, I forgot about Kyrie and the free agency as well. Does Kyrie come to LeBron in for a little um, reunion? Just who knows? This is going to be... A very telling summer, and again, if the Lakers get no one, a lot of the fans are just going to mentally check out. Because it does feel like, um, it does feel like if they don't do it this summer, all the Kobe fans are like, I'm out, deuces. Like, it does feel like that. Anyways, this has been a, this might be one of my, one of my personal favorite episodes because I just rambled. Like, I, I went into this podcast with a whole bunch of notes, and I basically read about 10% of it, and I just went on about all of my expectations, my jokes, my highlights of the season. It was fun. This was a very fun episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Let me know what you think on Twitter, on Instagram. If I get any more DMs from... Uh, bot saying I'm a not Laker. I'm not a true Laker fan. I don't know what to tell you guys. Um, it is what it is. But again, we play the Clippers tonight. So hey, yay! Only two more games after tonight. We're at 35 wins. We're probably going to equal the win total of last season. So <laughs> jokes on us. But anyways, until the next time we speak, make sure you guys check out everything that Hoops and Brews is putting out. Um, they're going to be covering LA Sparks games next season, so that's fucking dope. Like, the LA Sparks are a dope product. They're also LA. Anything LA, you have to support. Um, it'll only be a matter of time until the Lakers come calling Hoops and Brews saying, hey, like, check, like, cover our shit too, because we see what you're doing. We like the movement and yada, yada, yada. Until the next time we speak, this has been Daniel Belts. Thanks for listening and go Lakers. Oh.